So, Sean, we're back at it on our Principal Conversation podcast. Yep, episode two. Yay. Yeah, sorry for the long break. We still don't know what we're doing and we're trying <laughs> to figure it out. And uh, I, we promise there'll be more episodes in a more frequent fashion. But uh, if you're already a subscriber, thank you. Um, there will be more content coming up. And this yeah. one's pretty exciting. What do we have today, Amy? It is. We are going to dive in the American Advertising Awards Judges' Choice and Best of Show winners for the AAF Fox River Ad Club. Yeah, we watched it uh, the other night. It was a virtual event. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, so about that, we didn't get <laughs> to see each other in person for an awards show. Um and it was virtual. Yeah. But I think that they pulled it off. Yeah. The guys from uh, Creative Edge did an amazing job. And uh, yeah. who, who were some Oh, the other and the host, that host, uh, CJ Guzan. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, he was he super was funny. Hilarious. Who's the other sponsor? It was Creative oh, Edge. And, and Inside Creative. Yeah, Inside Creative. Yeah. Those guys, uh, mm-hmm. awesome job, guys. Uh, it looked amazing. And the board members really pulled it off. Sam oh, yeah. Rowe, the vice president and AAA chair, along with Tamara McLean and everyone. Um, wow. Yeah, spoiler alert. We're going to be talking to Tamara today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's one of our guests on the show today, too. You know, the theme this year that the board used was Twilight Zone. Did you catch that yeah. with their promos? Yeah. Um, just kind of a weird year all around. And I think that was very fitting for the virtual show. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I missed hanging out with, with you and all my ad club friends and, yep, and all of our cronies. But, yep. <laughs> um, and, and like the in-person uh, camaraderie that we all have. But uh, I think going into 2021, things are going to, open up a little bit more and I think we're going to be hopefully having some in-person events maybe outside and uh, get together so we can get back to that type of networking. Yeah, but, sounds good. I think the board, I think we'll hear from them and see what's in store for 2021 yeah. in another episode. But yeah, um, so really interesting. When um, you go in a virtual show, you don't get a chance to get that um, recognition and accolades and walk up on the stage and accept your award and and, and give your acceptance speech. So we thought that if we interviewed the um, judges' choice winners and the best of show, we could um, get the backstory on their projects that that won. Yeah, um, it's an awesome idea. I think you know you're right. You get up on stage and you gotta say thank you, and then it's <laughs> like back to back to your table. Yep. Um, so with this podcast, it'll be fun to hear what uh, these people like. They can tell their stories, and and we can hear all about their project. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's hear more from the judges' choice and the best of show winners of this year's American Advertising Awards. All right, so we're going to introduce the Jim Rivet Award of Excellence, and this award honors an entry based on creativity, community, and impact. Our guest who has won the Jim Rivet Award of Excellence. Bridget from the O'Connor Connective. Hey, Bridget. How are you? Hey, Bridget. Great to be with both of you. Thank you for the honor. I'm Bridget O'Connor, and I am the principal owner and founder of O'Connor Connective. And we are a strategic communication firm uh, from De Pere, Wisconsin. And we serve, um, really our focus is localitas, right? The community in which we live and work. Um, And so we focus primarily on working with clients that are based here in Wisconsin, Um, but sometimes they take us beyond. Uh, But our heart is right here, uh, starting with De Pere. That's awesome. All right. That's awesome. Nice to meet you. Great job. You were happy that you entered the American Advertising Awards, and we are interviewing you today because of the Jim Rivet Award of Excellence. Which and, you won. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. It's an incredible honor, and having known Jim uh, for many, many years, it, um, it both brings a smile and a tear at the same time. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Talk about the title of your entry and um, how it got started and give us the backstory. Okay, so um, <laughs> a year ago, it's hard to believe, Yeah, March, March of last year, 
Um, we have a really neat um, space right on Main Avenue in De Pere, and it's over a hundred year old um, building that we've renovated and we've really um, stripped the walls back to expose the brick and the concrete and, and the wood beams and really express, you know, the history of what happens here in De Pere. And in that process, when we purchased this space in 2014 and began renovating and preparing to have our strategic communication company located here, it was uh, an added bonus of getting to know the neighbors and the other business owners and other individuals who have really put blood, sweat and tears into renovating buildings here in downtown De Pere um, or are leasing amazing spaces and really trying to make um, a go of all kinds of interesting businesses. And uh, we've really established a beautiful community here. And March of last year, I looked out the window in the midst of the safer at home order and there were no cars going up and down or going up main avenue there were no cars parked in nicollet square there was nothing it was silent and that was just wrong you know i mean it just hurt to even see it and so you know i just i stared out that window and wondered what could we do you know what do we do best um, as a strategic communication firm and how can we apply our talents to help? How can we help right now? And knowing what was going on behind all of those storefronts as I looked up and down the street and looked at all of those quiet, quiet doors that weren't opening and closing, they were just shut. It was like um, a ghost town, right? It, it was, and I wondered, okay, how do we, what, what can we do? Our firm helps tell stories. It's one of the things we're the best at. We can tell organizational stories. We can express the mission and the commitment and the values of organizations and really be able to express that so that um, organizations are communicating their very best with all of their, their different audiences. So how might we use storytelling in a time like this to bring awareness and, and, and to help bring people to the businesses that need them most? And, and how might we help our downtown face forward in the midst of all of this? And it was that simple, Amy. It was just describing what we were trying to do and downtown faces forward came to us. And, and, and that's how it began. And when you say faces, are you talking the storefront or are you talking the people behind the business? Or yeah, really both. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it, it really it, it it was the intention um, to um, have an initiative that would raise awareness and support for downtown small businesses by featuring the people behind the storefronts. Okay, nice. so bringing the the faces of those who really you know put all of their energy into these businesses, but you might not always see who those individuals are. We wanted to show you the faces. We wanted to show the public the faces of those behind the storefronts. So in the context of the storefront, because you drive by the storefront all the time, but do you see the face? Do you see the family? Do you see the, the people, the employees behind that storefront and what's happening to them right now? We wanted to be able to raise awareness and to show you those faces of those hardworking individuals who are doing their darndest to be able to keep those storefronts open um, through Safer at Home, through the pandemic. And here we are a year later, um, still busting our tails trying to to um, come out of this. Mm-hmm. And what type of uh, medium did you use to showcase and tell the story? Because uh, for the listeners out there, if they didn't see the project, just kind of describe to them what you guys use, what tools do you use to to showcase this project? So the idea was to be able to capture photographs, um, almost uh, reminiscent of, um, you know, depression era imagery of people standing in front of their businesses. You know, you can picture the old, you know, someone with the broom, you know, sweeping the front with their apron in front of the storefront. Well, what was today's photo of that business owner in front of their storefront? We wanted photography to be able to really um, express the reality of this moment in history. 
And so um, <laughs> the idea was to capture photos and then to be able to share them. Um, hopefully in, in uh, many different platforms, but we were gonna start with the, with the most cost effective and the broadest reach we could, we could do at the moment, which was Facebook. So we began with a Facebook campaign of being able to showcase these photos of individual businesses and then to have a small write-up of each one to tell and give a little bit of a hint into who this individual was, what this business was, and then how you, the reader, the viewer, could support this business some way, somehow, even if all that was, was sharing that photo with your network. Nice. And that's how we started. We had no budget. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had, you know, I am a strategic communication planner. There was no strategic communication plan for this project. Let me be really clear. There was an idea. There was this idea of we need to tell the stories of the, of the people behind, the faces behind the storefronts. And so we started calling our friends. Um, some of the first individuals that we reached out to, Alexis Arnold, who runs Artless Bastard, which is literally, she and I share a wall. Um, she's a photographer that I reached out and said, hey, Alexis, I don't have a budget. I don't have any backers. This is just me, our team, O'Connor Connective, and a crazy idea. Are you in? And she said, absolutely, let's do it. And we called Mark Hawkins. Mark agreed to take on some photos from um, businesses in Green Bay. Um, and that's where we started. We focused first on De Pere and Green Bay. And then because of our relationships and connections, we tapped into those who we know can help promote our regions and we're wanting to help in some way. And that was, you know, starting with um, uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, Greater Green Bay Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Greater Green Bay Chamber, definitely De Pere, the De Pere Chamber. We started there. Um, and then um, De Pere Arts Center, our friend Tamara McLean and Wild Blue said, you need some, you know, if you're going to be telling the story, you know, is there some kind of poster or something because now we have media attention that we can help help with. And the next thing you knew then our creative team was creating posters and Keen Printing stepped up and donated um, hundreds of posters for us to be able to, um, to, to share throughout those communities. And then it went beyond that. Appleton got in. Um, so, so, you know, Appleton and said, how can we celebrate our businesses? And so they stepped up. Nina stepped up, future Nina. Um, and and um, it just, Old Main um, Inc., downtown Green Bay, it just, Fox City's Convention of Visitors Bureau, they all said yes when we called. And that, I think, is the spirit that really ran through this project, is when we called, people said yes. Nobody had a budget. Nobody had dollars to put towards it. Nobody got paid a dime along the way. We all just stepped up. And as it grew, other photographers came in. I called Donna Gale and, and Image Studio said, we're in, tell us where and how. And then um, Al Kolbeck and Kim Thiel stepped up with their photography as well. And the next thing you knew, over the course of eight months, we had captured over 80 businesses. Wow. Oh, 80. Incredible. Um, yeah. what, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of when you, when you tell this story and, and I can tell you're an amazing storyteller, um, but you look back at what this award is, the Jim Rivet Award of Excellence. And I, I, I think Jim, just knowing him and him being my friend, um, I think he'd be so proud of you. Yeah, um, I do too. I think he was with you, Bridget. You, you know, if, if, if he were here you. today, he would be at the center of this working with you. I mean, yeah. what, what, uh, what it's, an award for you. It's, 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 it's awesome. Oh, so yeah, it just, that just kind of chokes me up. So, um, Jim yeah, and I too. worked, worked <laughs> on, um, a number of, of community projects together, including, um, what was once known as better by the Bay that became greater green Bay. And truth be told, Jim and I drove each other crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We loved, we loved each other, but we drove each other crazy because we were so different in the way in which we would come at a project, right? He was so um, you know, creative and big idea and swirling and, and, and I'm very sequential, you know, where's the plan, Jim? Where's the, the plan? Budget. Okay. 
all right, if we do that, Jim, that's great. But then what? And he kept trying to take me out of my planning mode and make me think bigger. And one of the things that, you know, he would always think beyond the budget. And as a small business owner, I don't. I I respect and appreciate my clients' budgets. And certainly in our business, I'm very budget conscious. And so this project was very unlike me. It was throwing caution to the wind. It was being very gym-like and saying, no, this is the right thing to do. We just need to do it. The chips will fall in the right places. We just need to put the time in and tell this story. And so, yeah, you know, there was a bit of that gym um, spirit to just say, you know what, just tell the story. Yeah. Just do it. And, and the right thing will present itself. Wow. Well, it's great. It's great hearing your story. And the project was so impactful throughout the community. And I... Um, Do you want to tell yeah. people where... Um, I mean, the Facebook group is still open. Like, uh, where do we go to look right. at this stuff? Because we're, we're listening now. And then, like, uh, people are going to want to jump online and take a peek. And So see- I would really encourage them to go to Downtown Faces Forward on Facebook. That's really where the core of the art is, is, uh, and the storytelling takes place. Um, and, and click on the button that says photos, right? oh, nice. just, yeah. just, ex- just explore the photography, um, of these incredible business owners who are trying to advance their businesses are trying to face forward in the midst of a pandemic. Our hope is that, um, you know, as um, things improve, that we will be able to produce some form of gallery show, uh, a traveling show that can be celebrated in the various communities. Now, you know, we'd love to, to, if anybody's out there and would like to participate or help us or help sponsor that, uh, it's something that we, you know, when we can all gather in person again, we'd really love to be able to share this art in a way that can both be celebratory that we lived through it, um, but also uh, is an historic reference of the point of time in our downtowns up and down the Fox River. Well, very good. Um, We're listening to Bridget O'Connor from O'Connor Connective, the recipient of the Jim Rivet Award of Excellence. Thanks for coming on, Bridget. Well, thank you both. Thank you for doing this. And thanks for shining a light on more faces of our creative community. All right. We have another judge's choice to recognize today. Ivelisse Morales' judge's choice this year for the AAF Fox River American Advertising Awards. She chose Black Lives Matter poster from Tamara McLean. Hi, Tamara. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. And congratulations too. So this is really very cool. Much. Poster. Really cool. Yes, I know our audience members probably cannot see the poster right now, but uh, the, why don't we start with that then? Like, yeah. just, like before we even get going, um, so in case they're listening and they're also on a computer, Tamara, oh. tell them where they can see it. Do you have it on so, Facebook or? A Black Lives Matter poster design that won is a limited edition art print um, through, offered through the De Pere Art Center. Nice. Okay. okay. So they have to go to the De Pere Art Center to visit, right. visit the... Okay. Okay. So when you're done listening, go right there and go look <laughs> at it. Yeah. Well, Tamara, Ivelisse Morales had all good things to say about your Black Lives Matter poster. She called it fierce power, people power. Um, She loved the colors. And what she liked about it um, was that it's shareable. And she really liked its optimism that um, came through your artwork. And it offered hope. So do you want to speak to us about how you worked or the background on your project and how you got started and tell us the story. Yeah, what? So I was really inspired by a lot of the protests and a lot of the action that was taken this past summer. Um, 
And it's funny because I couldn't be more different than a lot of the people who would stereotypically be in this space. And I was actually asked the question, is this really the topic for you? <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to think about that. Am I the person who should create a poster with this message? Am I going to get any kind of backlash that I'm not this demo? Um, where is that going to go for me? And I had to complete some um, diversity training through my work and was really inspired by the fact that it's the people who are not exactly in that segment when they speak up and they say something about the injustice and the inequality, um, that it means something that it's become a bigger conversation and more people are involved in the dialogue and the conversation than originally. So I thought, why not? Maybe, you know, maybe this is something I should jump into. Um, having said that, I, you know, I, thought that my best way to contribute to this conversation was to use my skills and my, my design background and my knowledge of composition and color and symbolism, um, illustration, my skills in Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> so that's kind of the approach I took. I, I wasn't at every um, protest and I wasn't, you know, speaking to everyone I know about how they should change their thoughts and their their lives. But the way that I thought that I could really use my voice is to create a beautiful composition and a, you know something that people wanted to look at regardless of subject matter. I just wanted it to be beautiful. And when I actually, when I looked at other um, graphics that were out there because I did a lot of research and looked at other posters and other designs, obviously I'm a huge shepherd Barry fan and his work is phenomenal and I, I really like Malika Favre. Um, her work is super beautiful and simplistic. Um, I wanted to pull from their inspiration um, and make something that was impactful yet simple, um, single-minded message and you know Ivalice says it much better. She really hit on every point. I mean, yeah. whether it was color or symbolism or anything, she really nailed it as far as describing the piece, even the symbolism of the 70s. Right. And I think, did she call it Prince, Prince-esque? Like, or I thought that she mentioned it was Prince-esque. Or yeah, that. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the... The um, the reflections in the glasses, obviously everyone recognizes the fist, um, but the other reflection are actually silhouettes of protesters that appeared in the, in the paper. So they're real people because I thought I could interpret what real people look like or I could actually, <laughs> right. you know, take a cue from reality and actually represent real people. Well, nice. If you do get a chance to see the poster, tell our listeners where your poster is located. Uh, DePere Art Center. All right, at the yeah. DePere Art Center. Well, again, congratulations on Judge's Choice at this year's American Advertising Awards, Tamara. Yeah, beautiful job. Thanks. All right, so yeah, that was it. Thank you. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. No take two. Do you have more to say? Do you have more Do you to say? Do you guys just let me ramble? No, that yeah. girl, yeah. Well, I like to say God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So use them in that way. <laughs> um, I would like to mention that the reason the, the colors um, are not red, white, and blue is because I intentionally wanted to um, give a nod to purple um, I think purple is a strong color, and and the other thing is I wanted a beautiful color palette that represented maybe a different kind of America, you know, a different kind of future moving forward. And so that's why I intentionally used secondary colors instead of primary colors and kind of combined them in a funky 70s type of way. Groovy. Very, yeah. very groovy. Yeah. We'll, we'll splice nice, that in. It we'll, was a we'll, nice we'll, piece. we'll put that in there before yeah. you're yeah. ending. Mm hmm.
the little. I feel like I rambled, and you guys are gonna make me sound like a rambler. Well, like, oh, we... Basically, we have three to do, and like, yeah. if each one's like a fifteen minute, then there's like, it's like still gonna be an hour long podcast. So, um, oh geez, I'm gonna talk for fifteen minutes. Well, no, you did already. Yeah, we're gonna cut it down. Yeah, so like, cue the music, get off the stage. <laughs> Like, it's, like if you were going up to get your award, you'd be like, oh, thanks to this person, this person. And then you go back to your cocktail and like, <laughs> here you get a chance to like tell the story. Yeah. And I didn't know like the inspiration behind the poster. And I mean, do you use Illustrator on a, or is that's um, one of the programs that you don't use the most or? Um, yeah, I love Illustrator. I love the simplistic lines of it and, you know, just creating really cool graphics. It's great. Oh, yep. Is it's this your fun. first American advertising award or have you won in the past? Actually, I, I have others. Um, mostly numbers. Oh, they're, well, this is a big one for you then. They're, yeah, they're yeah. filling up the background on, <laughs> on the shelf. Yeah. All right, Tamara, yeah. take it That's easy. That's going to be the best we'll, part. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. So that was, that was really cool to hear Tamara's uh, like perspective. Yeah. um, And her going through diversity and inclusion meetings and getting that perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, Sean, we have another judge's choice award to announce. And this one's coming from judge Clark hook and his favorite entry this year was the Notre Dame of De Pere site design. Who do we have with us to talk about the project? Well, we have Kate Burgess and Shelly Young um, from Elevate 97 Hi. and uh, Chrome. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. We're happy to be here. So Clark Hook, um, he noted that he really loved the Notre Dame of De Pere site design because the scale, the structure, the optimism, the color. He had mentioned it had gorgeous layers of meaning and feeling and just all in all remarkable design work. Um, why don't you guys take us through um, the client and why the need for the project and the team that worked on it and how you executed it. Do you want to begin, Kate, with uh, the front end of the client? They are, that is a personal relationship for you. Uh, it is. And yes, yeah, Shelly, I'll start it off and then I'm going to turn it over to you with the uh, creative elements that you helped direct and guide our team to. Um, we had the fortunate opportunity to uh, be asked to participate uh, by uh, the team over at Notre Dame of De Pere. Um, it started with the principal, Molly, and also the project manager, uh, Marv, who um, knew of um, our passion for that school. Um, my children um, actually have gone to that school and um, uh, knew that they were working on this project. So when we received uh, the opportunity of sharing what our gifts are and what we could um, uh, help them out with, um, we started with our initial process. And that is really understanding how they want people to feel, the students to feel within the space. And um, it's an assessment that talks not only to um, the key audience, but also to the architect that is involved because the architect really helps design the overall project um, that they're trying to accomplish. And we wanna be a part of the architect's visual as well as with the client's visual of the look and feel they want to create. So as we sat down with them and went through our first step of the EGD process, it was really asking them the key questions of, um, you know, as your primary audience is students, what, what's the inspiration behind it? How is this laid out? Uh, the creativity, the education that is happening. So we capture all of those keywords, and then the design team takes it to the next level. 
Um, so it is a really a collaboration process from the top all the way down. And then with that, the design transitions to concepts. And Shelly, I'm gonna let you take it from there. So what was really exciting about this particular project is the fact that you get to be in the midst of and influence students. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's more than just young people walking through the midst of this. There are educators, there are staff, there are visitors. But every single solitary day, you were in the position of being able um, to allow a student an opportunity to look at something and maybe see it a bit differently than they saw it yesterday. So that's really kind of how we embarked on this journey. Two specific designers really were a large part of this, uh, Dana Klein and Luis Avalas. And they really pulled together this kind of wide-eyed wonder, which was, what is something that will inspire me? How will that transition to inspire students, inspire staff, inspire teachers? And how does it create that sense of wonder and awe and still staying true, very, very true to um, the teachings of God, the teachings that are coming from the Catholic religion, and also the teachings of just all around historically what that space and what that messaging was to bring to to anybody who stands in the midst of it, me included, as a as a girl who had not spent a lot of time in a Catholic school, to just be in the midst of it causes you to feel um, this unbelievable sense of I belong and I belong in this space, and this space was designed and made for me, regardless of who you are, where you are as a um, as a student or an adult. And whatever, regardless of whatever your religious belief may be. Now, where can our listeners uh, view the work? Are, are they able to see this work or? Maybe not in person or, or maybe in person, but maybe like uh, on, on your website. Oh, yeah. Uh, Is it showcased somewhere? Or? How can we get a glimpse of it? Because they're listening right now and they probably want to hear what, see what you're talking about. <laughs> I want to see what you're talking about. Well, first um, and foremost, I'm sorry, Kate. I was going to say, first and foremost, there's a fantastic video that we produced in tandem that shows the installation process. Okay. Especially of the main area. And then, Kate, I know you have several things on the Elevate 97 website. There's a case study. I'm sorry. Go ahead there. Yep, there's a, um, some beautiful photos of the actual space, um, elevate97.com, that they can see uh, what and how it was transformed and um, put into being. Um, so the one, one thing in particular I'd love to have them call out to is also the biblical phrase that was used and created out of these metal letters. It's absolutely fabulous um, about, you know, nothing is impossible. Nice. Everything is possible. Great message, especially for, for this year. Yeah, it's really amazing work, you guys. It's Yeah, it, the, the judge, um, Clark Hook, had very nice things to say about it. And as we heard you speak, it sounds award-winning. And congratulations on this piece. I want to add one other really amazing little story. Um, one of the very last pieces that is going through the installation process, and this was a conversation that I believe occurred between Kate and either the principal or the primary funder. I'm talking about the rosary, Kate. So there's a small little rosary wall, and um, the purpose of it was to allow opportunity for students or anyone to be able to reflect, to pray, to um, really um, create this moment where they could um, really lay out what it is that seemed to be, um, they seem to be in need of or a burden of, but it's actually an interactive piece so that you can write a prayer and you can tuck it into one of the beads that's on this very large rosary that lays out on the wall. So not only was it designed to be inspirational, but it was also designed to be interactive and useful. And you find those pieces throughout the entire environmental. The environmental. 
are the messages stored or can are they do they vanish or where do um, the prayers go? Yeah, where yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They go up. Hopefully they go up. <laughs> um, so um, they're in the process of defining that, um, but it's just handwritten notes that okay. would be stored in the rosary. Okay. And again, it's something that is being worked on as we speak, but a very special space right outside of the prayer room. So just yeah. Very intentional and really helping focus the children on, you know, here's where you can take up your prayers uh, to Mary. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, remarkable. Again, um, congratulations, Judge's Choice, the Notre Dame of De Pere site design. Yeah, cool. And, and like what I love about this format too is, is we're doing more and more of these is like if they had gotten the award at like the yeah. actual Addies and we're all sitting there having cocktails, hanging out, um, they'd get their award and they'd get to say thank you to this person, this person, and it'd be like a minute. You wouldn't get, you no, wouldn't have gotten wouldn't to tell this whole story yeah. that we're being able to do on this podcast. So hopefully everybody appreciates yeah. you know, that it, it's just nice to hear like the full effect of what you guys executed. Project. Yeah. So we should move on to the next one. All right. We have cause... another judge's choice. And this one is from Yash Bendayan. And he is a part of the AAF organization. His favorite entry this year is the NMU Day of Giving campaign. Yash said the graphic elements, visuals, copy, the videos, everything was tightly choreographed. And he didn't, he said that he didn't think the ask was heavy. So that's a, that's a pretty neat thing to say about a piece. Why don't you guys walk us through the NMU Day of Giving campaign? Want to begin, Kate? Well, I, I just want to say that before uh, Shelly takes it away, um, this was an opportunity when um, Shelly and I and Bill Hawker and another teammate were able to go up to NMU, meet with them, understand what their goals uh, were for this campaign. And um, Shelly and the team executed a phenomenal campaign, exceeded the client's expectations for overall goals for that particular day. Nice. So starting with what the client was looking for and what um, Shelly and the group was able to orchestrate and actually execute upon was an A+. Well done. Thank you, Kate. We were given um, some pretty specific rules, and I say that in um, air quotations from the client. There were two things that they really wanted to avoid. They wanted to avoid anything that was too humorous because of what we were in the midst of. It was the middle of the summer last year, and we all know what we were in the midst of. And more than anything, they didn't want it to be a heavy sell. So when the judge made the comment that it didn't feel heavy, that was that was the best news we could have received. We were like, oh my gosh, we nailed it. We nailed it for the client and we nailed it for the audience beyond the client. Um, NMU, which is Northern Michigan University in Marquette, is a really um, beautiful space and they are back to nature and they are very respectful of the environment in which they live and they have a, a real joy and kind of a levity to them. So we had created the campaign the year before um, from a giving standpoint and from an asset standpoint, it had exceeded their expectations. So the challenge was let's redesign this um, let's continue with the feel of we take this day of giving very seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And that was really kind of the illustrated, um, let's include animals, let's add people within mm -hmm. that environment, and let's give it a really cool forward-thinking, modern, illustrative twist. Mm -hmm. yes. So um, Luis Avalas, once again, and Greg Schneider, embarked on that 
it really is a social media campaign. But this year, because they were in the middle of the pandemic, there was room within the um, the broadcast networks in that area where they had room for PSAs. Nice. So subsequently, all of the videos that were created for um, for social media also then became these small 15-second broadcast PSAs. And I think that really is where this took off. People felt joy when seeing it. They felt um, reflective because we used the buildings on the campus. Um, we also went as far as including sports that are very prominent in that area, whether it was um, snowshoeing, whether it was ski jumping, whether whatever it was, we were also able to incorporate that within the environment that we created. That was a really strong nod to all of the things that Northern Michigan University respects and loves. Well, again, congratulations, Kate and Shelley, on your Judge's Choice Award. Outstanding work. Thank you. All right, so we have... The oh, the, we saved the best for last. I the think best of show. I think we need a drum roll, please. Right, Maybe yeah. um, <laughs> our, <laughs> our sound effects guy is at lunch right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, here we would like to introduce the best of show at this year's AAF Fox River American Advertising Awards, and it goes to. The entry, Keep On Wisconsin Campaign, Kate and Shelley. Tell us the story about the Keep On Wisconsin Campaign that really touched the hearts of all three judges. Well, before Kate begins, I do want to say one thing. This was all Kate. From the standpoint of bringing the people together and making this work. She got a phone call, and that's all she needed. She became determined and emphatic and impassioned about this project. And she is the reason Keep On exists, and she is the reason Keep On is what it is, because it still moves forward today. So I'm going to make that introduction as Kate begins talking about how this began. <laughs> so if people don't know what the Keep On Wisconsin campaign is, Kate, um, or they haven't seen it, why don't you walk us through the very beginning and how it started? Um, Shelly, thank you. Um, and, I, you know, um, I'm a little speechless with that being said, Shelly, um, because it really is about the beauty of our community. And um, yes, it was a phone call. And um, it started from a very um, inspirational and a forward thinker in our community, Chad Wiegand. Uh, Chad um, is the general counsel and senior vice president at Schreiber and um, came with an idea along with a few other community members to help drive this. And it really was a focus on how can we help out our community and how can we help out each other. Um, with that being said, um, we put together um, a team of people from our community and asked them to participate in the entire process from selecting which design concept we were gonna go with to um, what support materials we were gonna have available for our community members to put in their front yard to the chalk that was um, done and designed on sidewalks throughout the community. Um, it was a collaborative effort. We brought forward the uh, design concepts and ideas, but it was a collaboration of many amazing leaders within our community, all to help one another. Now, Kate, one of the judges said that the slogan was short and sweet and to the point. Um, where did the concept keep on? When, when you had that phone call, did they say it needs to say keep on Wisconsin or where did that develop? <laughs> I'm going to let Shelly take it over as far as our, our keep on slogan, but I will tell you that um, what came was just the concept of we need to do something for our community. Okay. And again, our approach with all of our projects is to listen to what their overall goal and driving force is, and then take those words and then um, create different concepts for them to choose. So from that, 
uh, Shelly helped drive the team to Shelly share with us how we got to keep on. <laughs> so this, the thing that is so incredible about this project is it is countless numbers of community people and countless numbers of creative. Every single designer on the team worked on this. Uh, Carol Castle from Wordplay was a huge portion of really coming up with ideas working in tandem with um, myself, the designers, the video and animation people. And what we did is we approached this like we do any truly creative concept. What is the message without a name? What is the purpose and who is the audience? And subsequently, the teams got together and we started talking about this creatively. Um, I think we actually presented four different concepts that all had a very specific look and feel, and they also had a very specific name. In truth, Keep On has been such a part of our life for the last year that I don't even remember the other names that we <laughs> started. <laughs> Do you which names didn't make the cut? I'm curious. Well, you know, that one didn't make the cut. We'll use those someday, won't we, Kate? But not for another pandemic. Yep, save them in your back pocket. <laughs> save them in the back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's really, um, no, it came with nothing other than a purpose. And what our process is, is to really put as many um, forward-thinking, creative minds in a room together, um, start tossing ideas. We kind of compare it to tossing spaghetti on the ceiling and seeing what sticks. <laughs> if it sticks, we know it belongs. Yeah. So yeah. that really was what the process was. The thing that was interesting about this is when this was approached, we didn't know how long this pandemic was going to last. Remember, we were packing up to go home for two weeks. Right. That was the orders that came down and the mandate that came down in the state of Wisconsin. So we didn't have weeks and weeks and weeks to create this concept, to create the look, to create what are those elements that are going to go out? How do we get a Facebook page that is community-centric, up and running and interactive within this very short period of time. So what looked like this campaign that would have been created over the course of several months and several, um, several um, uh, test groups really happened within a week, maybe 10 days. So we didn't have time to overthink everything. Mm -hmm. We had time just to create really good things. The amazing thing about this project was whether um, we would be in a meeting talking about something that we were creating. There were all of these ideas and examples that would continue to come up. Oh, we should do this for the community. Oh, we can offer this bingo game, um, this you know online interactive bingo game. Oh, we should be doing swag. And Kate was on the phone with Gabrielle Dow with the Packers and they were designing swag and Courtney was running in one direction and Megan was running in another direction. It became something that everybody embraced and knew how good it was going to be for the community. And that's really a, how we landed on the name. It's what the committee of, I don't know how many people chose off of four or five designs, ideas and visual concepts that we put in front of them. And from there, we all ran, every person ran just doing the best work they possibly could. Well, I think the message is strong, and I think the community really needed to see um, that language and the design work in in people's yards. Like Kate said, they were you had yard signs that said "Keep on." Um, and then, what other elements did you have? Did you have posters or uh, social or? Go ahead, Kate. Any other elements? Oh, she's pulling off oh, the swag. They got the yeah, swag in the Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite hack. God bless Gabrielle. Yes. <laughs> we had it um, all. Go ahead. The, the listeners some. can't see this right now, but Kelly <laughs> just put on the keep on uh, baseball hat. And, and it uh, has a cheese. Does it have a black? No, 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 that's, the, that's, a, no that's the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Uh, with a nod to yellow, of course. Yeah. And, and Kate's wearing the keep on elevating sweater. Yeah, very nice. So it is a catchy slogan. It is short and sweet. Um, the judges loved the collaboration that um, across all of your networks that got together to make this project happen. Um, the visual elements were compelling. 
And I think that you guys execute it creative, creatively and in a short <laughs> amount of time. And usually those projects um, don't rise to the top, but this one is it was amazing. right at the top. It's best of show this year. Yeah. So we thank you guys so much for taking us through. Oh, oh, I, I, uh, Shelly's, <laughs> you know, Shelly's always got to talk. No, the, the beautiful thing about keep on, and I would love Kate to have a moment to talk about this. It lives on. This was normally supposed to be, let's get us through the summer with some amazing behind the scenes work. It lives on today. And I'd love Kate to talk about that because it's so joyful to put that much work into something and then still see it a year later. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, so as Shelley said, it's definitely living on. And uh, the Greater Green Bay Community Foundation has been a great sponsor to take it on and continuing to help um, create the awareness and help one another within our community. So go check out the Facebook page of Keep On Wisconsin. Uh, please post your own Keep On messages to your neighbor. It is meant to live on and be part of our community. Well, excellent. Love yeah. it. Congratulations again to the Best of Show winner, Kate Burgess and Shelly Young with their Keep On campaign. Yeah, nice job, ladies. Okay, so wow, that was a lot. Yeah. That, um, Shelly and uh, Kate, that was uh, super cool talking to those ladies, like very cool projects. Um, Amazing work coming out of 2020. That, that yeah. was super inspiring. Yeah, all in all, everybody who won an award this year, if it wasn't just the judge's choice and the best of show, like we talked to these people today, but I mean, there's stories like that for all of those awards that were given out during the Eddies the other night. Yeah, and just submitting your work, I think, was uh, cool in itself. Like, you know what? Hey, this year, I'm just yeah. going to submit some work. Who knows if it'll win or not, but, yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we should probably wrap it up here for the day. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll get into episode three. We have uh, some very very freaking cool people lined yeah, up. We do, that, uh, we do. So I'm, I'm really excited for our next interviews um, coming up. So, so if you're listening right now to this podcast, we want your friends to listen to Sean, tell them where they could find our principal conversation okay, podcast, yeah. Google play, Spotify, Amazon, um, just the, the go, go on the internet mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll find it or go to the AF Fox river ad club homepage, Facebook, my co-host here is Sean Pitts, owner of Studio 44. I'm Amy Sokul, known in the industry, and um, we love doing this. We love chatting with industry people, and that's what we do best, right? Yeah. And if you guys have any questions, um, shoot us an email. You know, this isn't our day job. This, yeah. You know. Obviously. <laughs> we promise we'll get better. At what point are we done here? Is that it? Cut? All right. That's it. Bye-bye. <laughs>